contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Welcome back to another edition of the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Trying to take you inside the curtain and no better person to do that with than the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, this week's Super Bowl participant. What a great season. What great to have him. Good friend with me. Lots of mutual friends. Glad to have you on the podcast, Thomas. Thanks for having me. I look forward to, to uh, chatting about everything under the sun. <laughs> Indeed. I know it's a busy time, and I know there's a lot of uh, hosannas being thrown your way. I would imagine you're trying to keep level head and just focus on the goal, which is this weekend against the Patriots. Yeah, I think anytime you're going into a big game like this, I mean, there, there are so many potential distractions. Uh, and mainly as a general manager, you're trying to eliminate as many distractions for your head coach, first of all, because that's where my ultimate uh, sort of focus is to make sure I'm supporting Dan properly and, and well. Uh, it's also, you know, indirectly helping, you know, eliminate some of the distractions for the team. And that's always a goal, of course. I think this team, though young and, and uh, though few uh, participants in the Super Bowl, you know, to this point, uh, compared, comparatively speaking to the, to the uh, Patriots, who have, I don't know if it was 20 to 30, this is a young, vibrant group that's got a lot of confidence. And, you know, they're not, they're not fearing anything in this league, which is what I would like to see, if you can imagine that. So uh, I think they believe confidently that they can go toe-to-toe with anyone, and that's, that's exciting for me as a general manager. Yeah, I think that attitude you talked about, it really comes through with your leader on the field and Matt Ryan. And I'm speaking to you from uh, my home in suburban Philadelphia, so he's kind of a favorite around here. Everyone knows Matt Ryan from Penn Charter High School here in suburban Philly. Uh, He just seems to have an even kill about him. I know maybe some media are frustrated because you can never get anything out of him. He's very guarded and almost corporate in the way he talks, but... To me, he's an, he has an ability to stay focused, whether he's throwing an interception or a touchdown. That's really admirable. Oh yeah, I, I having seen him, you know, grow over the years, you know, with us because you know he was the first draft pick I ever yeah. had as general manager back in '08, and and I remember I, what I've said this I've said this a number of times, Andrew, that I'm really impressed with his incremental leadership. So. To your point, I mean, every year, every point along the really important ride that he has, you know, traveled and the journey he's traveled, he's been mindful of, you know, ramping up his his leadership appropriately, right? The first year, some guys come into this league, they start thumping their chest, they think they, they own the world, they own the organization, and Matt has always been really, really mindful. And uh, I think it's paid off in, 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 at many, many levels because I think where he is right now, he not only has the receivers in the backs that he's moving the ball to, I mean, he truly has the entire team, defense included. Uh, I've been really proud of how he's evolved to the leader he is today. That's a great line. I mean, the, a phrase, the incremental leadership, because you can really see it with someone like Ryan growing over the years since 08. And another phrase that I always like, and I apply it to your coach, and may, maybe you do too, is emotional intelligence. He seems to have a real sense of how his team is emotionally, when to, when to push the pedal and when not to. Oh yeah, I think I think that's really that's a really good point. That the the relationship that that Dan Quinn has with with Matt Ryan is you know hit off from the very you know it was it was clicking from the very beginning and it, and it hit certain strides that I was really proud of in such a short time. 
And I think because they both have that, you know, that, that emotional intelligence, as you refer to it as, and they, they know how to deal with people in the organization. Dan knows how to approach people the way that he does. Matt also does when he's dealing with his teammates. And uh, it, it really has come together. And I, I think, you know, Matt, I think this has been written a number of times. People often ask, what's different this year? Last year right. he had his, his challenges, as, as you well know. And, you know, he was, it was a new system. He was dealing with, with Kyle, and, and that was new for him as well. And, you know, Matt really set off this offseason to focus on a lot and do whatever he could to help this organization, which, of course, again, as a general manager, I, I value that with all the money that we ended up signing him to. And that'll be a whole topic, as you know, from a business standpoint, uh, you know, winning MVPs and whatever else he does and getting to Super Bowls, which which we welcome right. that, right? We always talked about that. But I think, I think Dan, you know, Dan worked really, really well with them. They, they had a game plan. Matt took the players down into into Florida. A lot of the, the receivers, running backs, and tight ends, and did that bonding thing. Not that that's you know there are teams that do that, but I think Matt was just at a spot in his career that he could do it at a level that maybe other quarterbacks in the league weren't able to do. And they were able to take the system that they were learning from Kyle and implementing it at a different level. And this year, wow, it's, it's been really fun to watch this offense uh, reach the heights they have. Yeah, we've talked about the quarterback and the head coach. I want, I don't, and I know you're not going to like this, but I'm going to turn the focus towards you a little bit. One thing that I've been impressed with you uh, in the past couple of years is bringing on people with senior status, bringing on people that in other situations around the league maybe general managers would feel a little insecure about. Uh, former mm-hmm. general managers, one you obviously have a long history with, and Scott Pioli. Also, Phil Emery, former general manager of the Bears, Rustin Webster, former general manager of the Titans. You know, these are surrounding yourself with smart people. And like I said, you and I know this business can be very insecure, yet you've shown a confidence mm-hmm. and a self-security where you're comfortable in that. And it actually adds to all the value you bring. You know, I, I've thought about this a lot, and, I, and I'm a big believer in making sure that the fits are right. And I've uh, humbly, but I have a, take, have taken a lot of pride in, in and I, I, I've always felt comfortable with knowing what I wanted around me and what I thought I wanted around a team and a budding team and a team that could come together because there are certain elements to, you know, our philosophy now, Dan and, and my philosophy and how we're going to approach building this team and making sure that we had the right personalities, the competitive guys. Very, very big. The, the, I'm talking about not only players. I'm talking about, like, as you mentioned, you know, former executives and right. coaches, positive, passionate, persevering, you know, people. I know that's an alliteration and it's a tongue twister, I guess, but that's what we really, that's what we really believe. So when I had an opportunity, obviously, to, to bring Scott Pioli on, that was a no-brainer for me. He and I have worked together. He was my boss for six years in New England. Uh, I, I trusted and respected and, and valued what I saw in his relationship with Bill Belichick. Uh, I learned a lot watching from, from my middle management position as a college director. Um, that was a big move for me. Scott's a trusted aide, and, and he's a very close friend, and, and we're able to talk about a lot of different things, far from just personnel, and that's, that can be invaluable. Right. The fact that I was able to bring on Rustin Webster and, and Phil Emery, uh, along with Billy Vanny, who was here at one time as well. I mean, we, we, you know, those are all guys that come to the table with a lot of football knowledge. Okay, we can all argue that none of us have hit on all of our, our moves and, and, you know, some a little bit more than others. Some have, you know, been in this league longer in this position. But I've said, I've said time and again to our staff, every time we get together, Scott and, 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 and Rustin and Phil Emery and our entire scouting staff, the national scouts, the regional scouts and the area scouts, 
it is like a, a sports symposium. And yeah. I, 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 it is, it's, it's amazing. We, we rarely dwell on any of, uh, any of what we think are our positives and our, and all the big moves and the proper moves we've made. We, we really focus on where our mistakes were. And I don't know how many times I was able to, you know, ask Phil or ask Russ and or ask Scott, like, you know, what about this in front of the entire staff, right? There's, there's, I love that for them because I help, I really believe that it helps them grow not only for their future development as potential general managers, but within our organization. So when they're out scouting players, they can look at it in a, in a different way and they can not only look at it from my perspective, but from Phil Emery and Rustin Webster's perspective. I think that is a really, really valuable uh, a really valuable approach and an asset to the organization. It's a great line, symposium. As someone who hosts a symposium every year, I love it. It's an education, it's learning, and it's leadership. You know, I think of my time with Ron Wolf, where I remember I screwed up something, we didn't get a player, and he just looked at me in front of everyone and said, no, that's on me. You know, I told you yeah. what to do. Ultimately, it comes back to me. And that endeared me to him and emboldened me to work so much harder, just that leadership. And it sounds like you've done that with your staff as well. Well, I, again, I think everyone appreciates it. I think, you know, at all levels. And I, and, and I really believe that, you know, all three of the, you know, the former GMs on the staff, you know, they appreciate it. I, I mean, uh, they're, they're appreciative of being around this organization and they, they were a, an important part of it as well in acquiring the talent that we have. And, We've worked together really well with Dan and his staff, which is a whole other part of this, right? Too often, you know, football staffs, the, the management on one side, you know, personnel right. department. Those, uh, there's there's a chasm there, and then people people fight for their 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 worlds. And you know, when Dan came on board, one of the things that that I was really really uh, excited about prior to even you know spending a lot of time together was. The fact that he was very outspoken from the very beginning when we were interviewing him, that he truly wanted a partnership with the GM that was going to be uh, uh, humbly, but but marveled at as being one of the best in sport. He he wasn't setting his sights just on football either. He really he really wanted to come in and have that that relationship. Which interestingly enough, speaking of business, when I first came back, uh, when I first got this job back in '08, one of the first things that Arthur and I talked about was was partnerships. And right. I had always believed in him having been in New England. He talked about his partnership with Bernie Marcus at, at Home Depot mm-hmm. and all that they did together, all the challenges they had, how they kept each other in check appropriately, how they would you know, go through the wall for each other and had a love for each other. But they also understood that there was a side that they had to be honest with each other. And candor was, you know, candor was very, very important. And I think Dan and I have a really good working relationship. I did with Mike Smith as well for seven years. And I feel the opportunity to take this to another level with uh, with Dan Quinn right now uh, is where we are. And, and I'm, again, really encouraged by it. And you talked about you and Scott working together on the, uh, on the formidable foe you faced this week. Your view, I, I know that you faced them in a few days on this big stage, but your view of the reasons for the sustained success, I mean, around the league, I know with the Packers many years, we also looked at them as... What is it about them? How do they continue to have it in the salary cap era? You've been inside those walls. What's your view on that? Well, I, you know, one of the things I, I've said all along, first of all, you know, I have a, a number of things that I that I learned there at the very core and had an opportunity to see. You know, for instance, we all believe in the team concept. You were at an organization that lived and breathed Lombardi right. era. That's, that's looming there in, a, in a, such a positive way. Um, I think having, you know, I'd read about it. I'd been brought up in a football family where my dad taught me the importance of team and, and not me. And, 
we all believe that. But until I really got an opportunity to see it outside of being on paper and seeing it in New England, how truly, you know, one of the things I talk about all the time, indisputable role understanding, uh, I joke with people and I said, now I, I came up with a very, uh, I'm, I'm patting myself on the back end with the eloquent phrase of indisputable role understanding. You know, that that's do your job with another expletive added to it. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, look, I think w- when we were talking about that, it is stay in lines and make sure you're doing what you need to do and your brother's doing what he needs to do and, and you come together. And, and that's one of the things that I saw firsthand in New England that was very true. And, and you know, of, of course, it's not always painted in the, in the, the, the most... Uh, Sort of, uh, you know, sort of flowery and alive mode because you right. know, sometimes we talk about team, right? It seems a little boring and drab. Um, one of the things switching very quickly, I'll come back to New England. What Dan does a great job of is he takes that concept of the team concept, the basic tenets of the team concept, and he knows the millennials and this this younger generation thrives on excitement and alive and and colors and you know, the entertainment of it all. And he has a really good feel for that generation and he's authentic with it. It's not contrived. And that's why I believe this team, you know, buys into it. So that's, that's, that was a really cool parallel for me to see at a different level, having seen it in New England, seeing it here with how Dan brings it to life. The other thing that I've always said about New England is they are, I've, I've sat back many times and looked at it and I've thought, from the lowest level in football operations all the way up to the, the, to the, the senior leadership, Bill and, and, and you know, Nick Casario and different people like that, every one of those guys really believes that they are the best at what they do. And it's a, it's a cool confidence. Obviously, they're not you know, throwing out bulletin board material because that's, right. that's heresy in, in, in New England, of course. But, <laughs> but, I, but I really do believe from the equipment guy to the lowest level equipment guy all the way up, they think in their world that they are the best. And I, I, I like that. You don't want to walk around and, you know, uh, be, be waving a, uh, a flag on it. But deep inside the halls, uh, they really believe that. And I think it's, got, it's taken them a long, long way. And, look, they have you know, arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play in the game. And you may argue otherwise, it's arguably, of course, because you had a guy that you had mm-hmm. the great fortune of being around as well in, in, in Green Bay. Uh, so, I think that is, and then I think there's an entitlement thing that, or a lack of, or, or an intolerance for entitlement in New England, uh, which I think is something that I think if you uh, instill the right way within your organization, you're not hanging it over people's heads. They understand, like, look, this is a non-entitlement group. Let's play. Let's play together. So that's that's a number of things that I have learned there. Yeah, and all the phrasing is so familiar from Green Bay: the indisputable roles, the knowing do your job. You know, as you know, I was around guys named John Dorsey, John Schneider, Reggie McKenzie, Elliot Wolf. I really understood, hey, I'm going to stay in this lane, you know, manage the cap and the contracts yeah. because of such talent uh, doing their job over in the other lane. Um, speaking of lanes and, and moving through lanes, I wanted to touch on, before I let you go, something you and I share where uh, at least I think you are. I'm a health nut and a fitness nerd. And <laughs> I know you get involved in a lot of workouts, a lot of uh, maintaining your health, and I do triathletes. What, what What is your routine, and how do you fit it in with such a pace that you have there as general manager? Well, I, you know, I, I think often where, I, you know, I'm sure you do too, there are times when I would like to be that much better doing it. I feel like I have a good grasp. I've, I've always wanted to get better keep the balance, especially in the hectic throes of where we are right now. Right. I'm, I'm an avid cyclist, right? So I try to get on my bike, you know, five days a week, one way or another. And if it's not on my, uh, you know, my bike outside, 
you know, it's on my spin bike or, right. you know, it could be on a mountain bike. I'm a, I love road cycling. I lived in Boulder. I, I still have a home in Boulder. I lived there for 15 years and really, uh, really appreciate, you know, full on, you know, elevation rides. And I'm, I, I really enjoy that. I, I don't have the, the talent to be a, uh, a triathlete just because I don't feel like I have, I'm not a big swimmer. I, I wish I was, as you know, people who do really well in that sport, they, they usually have a pretty good, uh, aptitude for, uh, right. and ability to, to swim. But I just, I mean, look, I'm, I'm really, I'm quite mindful about what I eat. I was vegan for many, many years until I probably got into the role. Well, probably a couple of years before I got into this role and I started eating a little bit of seafood. So I'm, I'm pescatarian <laughs> now, but I think the whole diet fitness thing is big for me. Yeah. I'm pretty mindful of it. And, and I w- would love to say I throw in yoga a lot more than I do. I do it uh, a little bit too, too much uh, random, uh, more, more random than not, but I know how important that is. And interestingly enough, as, as you're going through all this, I mean, that whole body, mind and spirit, soul thing is so important to me. I hope as I continue to get older, I grasp that, understand that I, I can control that because as you know very well, if you're not controlling it, no one else is. Yeah. And that self-discipline and that self-motivation is so key for success. I mean, you must schedule that in, what is it, early in the mornings for you when you do riding? Yeah, that's a big thing. And when I get up, the great thing about living in Atlanta, obviously, is that the weather is, you know, fairly clement. So I can get up in the morning at 5 and it's not, you know, 30 degrees or right. 28 degrees. I can find a mid-40 or mid-50 morning and I will do that. Uh, but, yeah, that's the only other thing is I have an hour of commute, so that gets to be a little challenging. So I'm... I'm I'm working on it all. I'm working on it all. I, I keep uh, talking to Arthur about when we when we move the stadium downtown. I wonder if you know what's going to happen with the facility one day, but who knows? <laughs> and and finally, on that new stadium you brought up, I did have Rich McKay on a little while ago, and one thing I I really was impressed with is, you know, there's a lot you can't do about the game day experience, unruly fans and drunks and parking and the hassles, but you guys are cutting concession prices in a way that no one has and really eliminating that problem for fans, making that area fan friendly. I was impressed with that. Oh, I think, I mean, look, Rich has done a, he's done a heck of a job with that. He's got a lot on his plate in a lot of different areas, of course, competition committee and such. He and Arthur have a great relationship. You know, we, we hired a, a new CEO of all of uh, Arthur's businesses, Steve Cannon from, uh, yep. from Mercedes Benz. We, we have, uh, we have some power hitters here with a lot of intelligence, and I know you know that. And it's it's fun to watch watch all the minds come together. I I just uh, I really appreciate where we are as a thoughtful organization. And you know, Rich's background in stadium building. You know, when he was building the stadium in Tampa, uh, which was probably what three hundred and something million versus a million a billion right. and a half plus. I'm sure it's a it's a completely different game for him. So. Uh, he's working hard. He, he, as you know, Rich, man, he continues to stay very positive and upbeat about a lot. And I, I admire that a lot. No, I think that's a hallmark of you, of, of Dan Quinn, of Arthur Blank, and Rich. And that's keys to success. You guys are doing great. It's great to hear all your life lessons, leadership lessons, and see the success that you've had. I'm an admirer and a friend. So thanks so much, Thomas, for being with me on The Business of Sports. That's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Appreciate we'll talk it. to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at rostucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.